San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, buddy. My name is Joe Becker, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB, you can hear the show as it airs. And also, all these podcasts are commercial-free on iowaymoney.com. And there's also TuneIn Radio. That app as well is great. So now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire, an accomplished marathon runner, a, lo- a lecturer, a best-selling author, a philanthropist, and a, C- and a family office expert advising several high net worth families. Richard Musio, how are you tonight? I am marvelous, Joe. I'm, <laughs> I'm dressed in my running clothes because I went for a long run on the beach at low tide. Ah. And it turned out to be a lot longer than I thought I was going to go. It was so gorgeous out here now, now that the um, yeah, but it's, May gray and the June gloom is gone and it's sunny all day at the beach. Didn't I say in one show, I said once we get to past middle of June, I looked at the forecast, I think it's going to be sunny. Actually, it's going to be sunny all week. I think we're going to It have, was sunny all week yeah. and it's going to be sunny all week next pretty, week. It's pretty hot this weekend, actually, yeah. Richard. Because so. don't forget, it is Saturday night. I know it is. <laughs> anyway, uh, I wanted to clarify, last week when we had the, the legendary attorney, uh, Vince Bartolotta Jr. on, we were talking about Aztec football at the top of the show, and um, there was some confusion uh, as to where they're going to be playing this fall. And I did look it up, and I do believe they will be in Qualcomm Stadium, at least for this season and part of next, and we'll see what happens it was kind of interesting that the uh, the mayor's proposal uh, or the FS, the soccer city thing is going to be on hold for a while. So we'll see how that shakes out. Right. And my point was that the Padres generated some bad publicity by saying that Petco was only available for the Aztecs through the 2019 season. Oh, well. That, that was the comment I was trying to make. You were, okay. Like the Padres I was, have any good publicity but at I was, this point. I was just trying to c- clarify yeah. where they're playing this, this coming So they are going to wind up in Petco, ultimately, uh, at least I, temporarily. I don't know. We don't know that. They think. We don't know they that. Think. They no, could, they no, could no, be at Qualcomm for another right. five they may, years. They may knock that old thing down and build a brand new one next week. Well, no, but. And for my next joke. What's wrong with the existing Qualcomm Stadium? It's a. It's a How many it's, cents? It's horrible. It's horrible. Well, you know. There's rats living in the basement. Rats living in the basement. <laughs> and they did City Hall, too. So what? Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, uh, San Diego Lifeguard Association, I have heard through the grapevine that there will be a very good, positive um, public uh, announcement soon about them. So I can't divulge any details, but stand by for that. So that's good news about our lifeguards who work very hard. I think they're the hardest working of all the, the emergency and rescue service uh, uh, service uh, um, organizations out there, don't you think? There's no question. They're um, obviously very important to those of us who live at the beach. There's a lot of tourists who aren't too bright. Yeah. Who go out and do really stupid things when they get to the beach. Absolutely. And need to be rescued. Yeah. And we have to congratulate, uh, it's a little old news, but the Pittsburgh Penguins on their second consecutive Stanley Cup. And game they won in game six in Nashville when it was 91 degrees outside. I do think that ice was chopped up, which probably accounted for the uh, 0-0 all the way to a minute left in the game. And then they got a crazy bounce. You see how the guy scored the winning goal? Yeah, it was that weird bounce. He, he just, bounced it off the yeah. back of the goalie. Into the right. So, and congrats to the Golden State Warriors NBA uh, champions uh, again this year. Um, and there you have that. I who, who are not visiting the White House. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but okay. If you want. <laughs> Why to not? I love Steve Kerr. <laughs> you know, that's great. And that, that's a good lead into our guest tonight because I do believe they share uh, an alma mater together. And we'll, we'll clarify that for a moment. But we have the founder 
and CEO of one of our uh, premier sponsors. He's been a great friend of yours in the show since the since our inception, yeah. which goes all the way back to October 2011. So that's a that's quite a long time. But uh, Jason Kruger, welcome back to our show. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. Great to see you. So the Steve Kerr Connection, University of Arizona. University of Arizona, that's right. Yeah. What year did you uh, graduate? He's a little bit older than I am. Yeah. Okay. A few years. I graduated in 98. And when did he graduate, Richard? Do we know? Uh, this is probably, a, let's see, he's about, he's early 50s. 87. So 86 or 7. Yeah, 86, 87 time yeah. frame. Wow. Yeah. He was on that first Final Four team with uh, Sean Elliott. Sean Elliott, that was a good team. Yeah. I think um, he's they had a bunch of guys go to the NBA. Yep. And not and to, they, well, uh, they won the national title when I was there in 97, though, so that was a fun team. Uh, oh that was God. the team with Bibby, right? Bibby and Miles Simon. Yeah, Jason Terry. Who's still playing? If you can believe it. That's right. He's like forty years old. He yep. played. Uh, he was a backup. Is I that think. Henry Bibby? Didn't I thought he played for? Uh... No, Henry Bibby is the father of Mike Bibby. Oh, okay. Mike Bibby turned out to even be a better player than Henry Bibby. Yeah, I guess it's Henry play, was the point guard on Bill Walton's that's, first saying. championship that's team I'm at saying, UCLA. Back to UCLA, yeah. yeah. So his son, God, isn't that something? Again, yeah. it runs in the family, huh? Yeah. How about that? Sorry, that's that's a connection. University of Arizona. And of course, Steve Kerr went on to win how many NBA titles with the with the Bulls? Is that the only team he played for? No, he also won a title or two with the San Antonio uh, San Spurs. San Antonio, yep. Yep. Not to mention his his titles as as a coach. God, he's up there in uh, Phil Jackson territory now with the with the number of titles. Yeah, well, Phil's never going to get another one because he's got Carmelo Anthony on well, his team. Does, I don't think he needs another one, does he? <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, plenty of awards for our guest tonight. I think before we even get into the show, we should uh, uh, we should get into some of his significant achievements recently. Uh, people should know about Signature Analytics and and uh, tell us about this uh, 20, one of the best places to work award. That's kind of a big deal. Not too many companies get that, and it, it was awarded by the. Um, the San Diego Business Journal. How does that, the editors choose you? How does that work? Yeah, we're really excited for that. We're actually a finalist at this point. Uh, I believe the award show is in a month or two, mm -hmm. um, but something we're really proud of. Um, I think it speaks to the culture of our company um, and, uh, and also, you know, our focus on our employees and their direction in our company. Um, our focus is always to, uh, for our, our, our uh, employees, and personnel to continue to grow in their career. And I think it's very important that we give them the opportunity to do that. Of course, the vision, I think, has to come from the top down. And you were a CPA. You were, you, you he is a CPA. I mean, you graduated in the county, you went on to get a CPA, but you didn't want to become a, you know, have the standard C CPA practice. The way Richard morphed into a family office expert, you had an, an, a different uh, direction of metamorphosis. So you, tell us about that process, because I don't think I've ever really... A little bit, yeah. So I spent uh, the first 10 years of my career in uh, the public accounting world with some of the larger firms in town. Uh, started with the Moss Adams here in town and then uh, went over to Deloitte. Um, was in the financial statement audit side of mm. the business. Uh, knew I did not want to make a career out of public accounting, which is not uncommon, although <laughs> it is a great profession. Um, and uh, instead of going the traditional route of the uh, controller CFO type route from there, I decided had a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit the economy was booming in uh, late 2008. It was a joke, of course, <laughs> and uh, decided to to leave uh, Deloitte and start this company. Uh, we do not provide audit or tax-related services. Uh, we support the internal accounting function and processes of our clients. Mm. So we're working very closely in a lot of cases with the uh, outside accounting or outside audit or tax firm. Uh, to make sure that they're getting the right information for tax planning strategies, um, to complete their audits, et cetera. Cash flow analysis, all that, right? Um, what was what were some of your early clients? Uh, because that's always the tough part when you break off. Uh, 
you know, getting people to come on board with you with your new vision and new mm -hmm. team. Um, obviously, you've probably built up a lot of credibility with with an existing client base, I guess, right? And yeah, it was interesting. So it's been about eight eight and a half years now, and uh, the first four years I would say were drastically different than the than the latter four years. I'd say it took about four years to really get things off the ground. Um, when I was at uh, Deloitte, I was heads down, uh, you know, doing doing work mm. and. Uh, uh, you know, I wasn't overly excited about networking um, on my spare time. I was, you know, I wanted to enjoy myself and have a good time. After uh, once I left, obviously, I realized I had to build a network to uh, to generate and to drive business and mm -hmm. build relationships, and obviously identify the partners that uh, we could refer our clients to as well. Mm -hmm. So it took some time to do that. Um, and the initial model was to utilize consultants uh, to support the the work that we were bringing in. Mm -hmm. uh, we converted that about four and a half years ago to a full-time employee model. So all of our individuals are employees. Um, there's a lot of advantages to that. Uh, the potential disadvantage is we need to make sure they're busy, obviously. Mm -hmm. But the advantages are obviously the culture that we can build around that. Um, we can uh, train them on our internal processes, on how we service our clients. Um, uh, the employees are more committed and, and want to grow in their career. Mm -hmm. um, and so we, you know, the, the uh, turnover is obviously lower mm -hmm. and there's a lot of, uh, we can collaborate better as a team together to service our clients the right way. So did, did you have an aha moment at Deloitte where you said, you know, I want to do this that I'm doing, you know, what you're doing now as opposed to, or, or was it just a gradual? You know, I, I would say that I always wanted to get involved in a uh, company in more of the startup phases. I always had a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit. Mm. I continue to evaluate my career every year. When I out of college, um, certainly my ignorance, I thought, hey, I'll go two years, get mm -hmm. my CPA, and I'm right. off and going to you know, right. take over the world. Realized after two years, I didn't really know much of anything. So I continued to stay. And every year, I just felt that I continued to learn so much. Um, the public accounting route is such a great platform for continuing to learn and grow in your career. Um, and I continued to learn. I reevaluated myself every year. Uh, before I knew it, I had uh, been in for about 10 years, had made senior manager, and just felt at that point that I was, you know, had, had built the resume, built the background um, to really see what I could do on my own. Mm. And so that, as far as the model goes, uh, I wanted to, to build a model that was more recurring, uh, mm -hmm. ongoing, recurring in nature. Not seasonal. Um, not seasonal, not project-based. Um, and so... You know, took it and, from there. Anyway, we'll we'll follow more up uh, follow up on that more with Jason Kruger, founder of Signature Analytics. Right after this, hang on. All right, we are back with. Let me correct the record: the founder and president of Signature Analytics, Jason Kruger, because they do now have a CEO, and uh, you might want to tell us about that person. Who is that? Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pete Heald. Um, not, not sure if he's listening right now or not, but. Uh, we'll call his name out there. We're going to uh, mention an article he had absolutely. in Forbes yeah. at um, some point during the show. So Pete uh, brings the experience that I obviously did not have. Um, he's been able to, he's been with us uh, since about uh, September timeframe of 2016. Mm -hmm. uh, he's able to bring in, uh, drive initiatives, bring experience to the table, uh, has uh, significant experience in professional service environment. Uh, his previous company, uh, they built uh, from about $30 million in revenue to uh, now I believe that company is over $100 million in revenue uh, before uh, I believe it was acquired. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, it's been a good, a good relationship so far. Yeah. Um, we, we definitely think along the same path. 
and uh, we're not afraid to challenge each other as well. Yeah, well, the, one of the challenges for me as a practicing CPA with my own profession is that there's still too much focus on firms and and the things that they do. They aren't customer-centric. They are basically internally centric or centric to being a CPA. Um, there's a belief that, that being large is important. Um, there's not a strong belief that having great agility is important. Um, I've noticed that in terms of how the profession is changing, agility is, is a much better attribute to have now these days than size just because the business climate is changing so rapidly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, it's tr- true from the uh, company's perspective, mm-hmm. so our clients. It's also true from our perspective as accounting firms. Right, but I was speaking from um, the perspective of your clients or customers. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the agility, and, and you guys have that. Yep. And yeah, and that's exactly you know how we fit in with our clients. We're our our model and, and our sweet spot with our clients is clients that they're not at the size where they need a full time right. CFO. And when we're talking a full time CFO, we're talking you know they, they don't want to pay somebody two hundred thousand plus um, when, to uh, to drive up, right sure. to drive their financial side mm-hmm. of their business. But they do need somebody to provide that strategic side of their business, and and they need somebody maybe on a part time. And they're also another key criteria is they really want to grow their business. Even if they're not currently growing, if they want to grow and have that desire mm-hmm. to grow, then they have the right mindset um, to, uh, to work with us uh, and c- to collaborate and for us to be able to uh, drive strategy with them, bring clarity to their financials so they can make the right decisions as they move forward. You know, speaking of quickly growing businesses, don't you have another award that your great company received that has something to do with that? Yeah, recently uh, found out we were in uh, listed in San Diego Business Journal fastest growing companies again. So we find that out in July mm-hmm. uh, last year. Uh, we finished number three on the list. Okay. So uh, I'm I'm not expecting that to occur again. It's a little <laughs> harder to exactly that to pace repeat. of growth. Yeah. Uh, especially when it's based on percentages, and the larger you get, right. the uh, the more dollars you have to bring in to ma- match that percentage. Right. But uh, but we had some nice growth last year, and uh, excited to go to the awards and find out where we end up. Now, cool. the Inc.com award, you said, so it's a little on the older side, but I think it's an important one to mention. Uh, you want to tell us about that one as well? Yeah, so for Inc. 500, uh, we were uh, listed in the Inc. 500 for fastest growing companies in America uh, last year. And uh, we have submitted for this year. The results have not come out yet this year. So we're okay. hoping hoping that we can uh, finish in that uh, category yeah, again. Yeah, but just getting nominated is just like the Academy Awards, Richard. I think a lot of times just getting nominated, it's like a win yeah. because it's such yeah. a small pool anyway. Small pool to begin right. with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think the, you know, the, it really I think speaks to the value that our services provide and that flexibility that you mm-hmm. mentioned that the market is really striving for. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been able to pull that together and provide that team approach to our clients that really provide value. Now, I know you have high standards in your company and your culture. Have there been any clients that have approached you and you've examined their culture and their and their books and whatever and just said, you know what, this is not a challenge. I don't I, I don't think we want to take this on. I mean, absolutely. There is uh, <laughs> business owners and CEOs come in all shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have to we want to make sure we're in alignment. Um, we the first thing that we do when we sit down with a, a prospect or a potential client is to understand what their goals and objectives are for their business, what they want to accomplish, how they've accomplished what they've been accomplishing, and how they go about things. Um, you know, integrity is is at the top of the list, so mm-hmm. we have to make sure we're in alignment with how we're how we're working with our clients. Yeah, because if they're not going to uh, cooperate with you, it's it's going to reflect poorly on your you you guys. Absolutely, right? so. that that's a that's actually a good point, Joe. Mm-hmm. We cannot be successful if we're working in a vacuum. It takes collaboration with the with the client, with the business owner, with the CEO, 
um, they have to be able to take the time out of their day to make this successful as well. And uh, if we can have that, um, then we can, you know, we can go pretty far with them. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. A lot of CPAs tend to take any new business they can get, um, which is really a poor way to go about it in my humble opinion. Right. Yeah. I mean, you look at, uh, you start realizing when you start looking at, uh, attrition rates mm-hmm. and the clients that are rolling off, um, typically are not the, the clients that truly fit our profile. Um, and there's a variety of reasons for that. And we've learned from that over time. And, uh, so we're really focused now on working with companies that we know that we can provide value with mm-hmm. and that really fit, you know, what we're looking for. Yeah. So how many locations now? Our focus right now is on Southern California, okay. uh, San Diego, Los Angeles, and Orange County. Yep. And we're continuing to grow those markets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. So, uh, Richard, how did you how did you even meet Jason? I yeah, how did I, we meet? Yeah, because uh, Cle- Richard, you know, what, was it at Star, perhaps? You know, no. I think we met through uh, Jack Kelly, maybe. That's right. It was yeah. Jack Kelly. He has, a, he has a group that we met through. That is yeah. correct. It was Jack yep. Kelly, um, who and, and was... Jack, Jack, Jack was um, alumni director at my alma mater, University of San Diego, All right. and then went out and um, established his own consulting firm, more of a sales generation focused kind of consulting firm, not on the accounting mm-hmm. side. We actually um, used Corlea Group. Yeah, yeah, C O R L E A Corlea Group. We yeah. actually used Jack's firm uh, recently for our Net Promoter Score. They do great process. work. Yeah. yeah, they do great work. Yep. What's that all about, net promoter score process? That's basically where you uh, survey your clients and uh, get a feedback from them as to what you're doing good, what you're doing bad. Mm. Uh, if they'd refer you, uh, if you're doing good work, what, uh, good enough to be referred. Um, and we also took it a step further this year and surveyed our partners as well. Mm. Huh. Now that's... That's a, a gutsy move. <laughs> right, right. It is a gutsy move. <laughs> a little scared at first. You're like, what kind of feedback are we going to get? But I think uh, it turned out pretty well for us. So what we can do is we can obviously learn a lot. It tells well, us also well, what, 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 our cli- what, what do our clients value? If I'm your client, value? it shows me you care. Uh, and that's important, I think. You right. know? Well, you, we're going to talk you, about an article in Forbes that Pete Heald wrote. Well, let's talk about it now. Why well, not? Because I think the break's in about a minute. No, we've got three minutes. Oh, we do? Okay. Yeah. Well, it's titled Lessons You Can Learn From Your Competitors. Okay. So it's a great title, first of all, because a lot of people just don't want to learn lessons from the competitors. They just want to beat them. <laughs> um, and that's not really a collaborative way to go about things. So, um, so what are some of the main talking points there, Richard? Cause we well, no, it's, it's an article in Forbes, Forbes by Pete Heald, so Jason has to give us the main talking <laughs> points. Right. But uh, the, one of the headings that I love or one of the um, um, comments is play customer for a day. And by that, I mean, you know, people own businesses. Jason owns his business. I own mine. We, we frequently don't God, think you know, about the experience you know from the customer's did, you perspective. You know who did that? I think uh, Costco. I think Saul yeah. Price did it. And I think uh, Jim Sinegal, the retired uh, uh, CEO, he used to walk into the stores. When there was, and there's a show on, too, that uh, the, the CEO disguises himself and walks into his own businesses. And I think. Oh, undercover boss or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. So, so uh, Jason, how do you play customer for a day? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting. We, when we look at our own business, we do look at it from the lens of the customer mm-hmm. and the client. That's something that Pete actually brought to the table. So in the, before Pete arrived, you know, the company is being run by a bunch si- of accountants. 65 accountants, <laughs> right. So uh, bringing Pete to, for that extra, that additional outside perspective is obviously very important. Um, but when we look at our clients, we look at uh, it from their eyes, from their business. We want to understand, you know, what drives them, what do they see as value? That's a, it's a crucial piece that we 
focus on, um, and we, we talk about this over and over, about how, how are we effective consultants. Mm -hmm. And how, we're effective consultants uh, by understanding where our client sees the value, not necessarily where we see the value right. for the client. We could do something and say it's very valuable and think and know it's very valuable, but if the client doesn't see that as valuable, right. you know, we just, they just feel they just spent a lot of money and they're not getting value out of it. So it always has to be from the client's perspective, the value point, and that's Yo, crucial. I, I, I talk about the difference between what your customers want and what your customers need. Well, in the CPA profession, obviously, they need financial statements and tax returns, but frequently right. they don't see great value in those because there's so many people who can do a decent job of preparing a tax return or a financial statement. If you as a provider are not listening to what your customers really want, which is going to extend well beyond financial statements and tax returns, trust mm -hmm. me, if you're not paying attention to that, yeah. then, well, and, then and you're going to have some challenges. Well, we hear on Shark Tank all the time, sales cures a lot of ills, but I don't know how much, <laughs> how much signature analytics gets into that. But we'll find out more about that. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with the founder and president of Signature Analytics, Jason Kruger, right after this. All right, we're back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is the time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. Big thank you to our sponsors. Could obviously not do the show without them. Well, we could, but I'd be digging deep into my pockets to pay for everything, which wouldn't be that fun. But UBS, Michael Caranta, UBS. I think I'm going to see Mike at the uh, continuing education event that the LG Experience is doing here next week at Omni La Costa, but they're later on the list. So big thank you to UBS for helping us out here big time. Also, our favorite CPAs on the planet, of course, Jason Kruger, CPA with Signature Analytics, a great CFO service firm, as you are hearing live right now. More traditional CPAs, Polito Epic CPAs up in San Marcos. Recent guests on the show, Paul Polito and Don Epic, great, more traditional CPA firm. Also, Joel Grushkin with Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow, which is a big deal in the real estate business. It's all about cash flow. Now, all this money our sponsors help you make. You can stash it at Mechanics Bank, a great niche market bank serving wealthy families who are primarily in the real estate space, also family offices. Sean Puckett, of course, is the Senegal Region VP of Mechanics Bank. Also, those of you worried about Obamacare, is it here? Is it going? Well, employee benefits, a very important topic. We highly recommend Neil Staley at Hub International, formerly known as Mars Maddox Insurance, given the great uncertainty. In the employee benefits world, Hub International is a great resource to help you get through these uncertain times with your employee benefits. I mentioned briefly, yes, indeed, the LG Experience and the Lombardi Group, we have a continuing education seminar. Well, it's right around the corner, June 19th, 20th, and 21st at Omni La Costa. The LG Experience helps wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to their very best clients. Also, our great friend, Paul Hines. Paul, of course, is the CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management, a wealth advisory firm. And Paul also is the catalyst behind SeniorSafeAndSound.org, the initiative here in San Diego, helping to prevent financial abuse of the elderly. Michelle St. Clair, Elite Lifestyle Management. For those of you who have no time, like everybody I know, and need to get things done, Elite Lifestyle Management is a really neat concierge service here in town that can help you save a ton of time all the way from basic things that you need to do, like travel arrangements, to more esoteric things, like getting fishing, fishing licenses in Cuba. Michelle St. Clair, Elite Lifestyle Management, helping you get back your most precious asset, which is your time. And, of course, Brenda Geiger, Geiger Law Office. Brenda specializes in asset protection and estate planning. 
and does a great job of both up in Carlsbad, California, Geiger Law Office. Now, I know some of you are so devoted, you skip dinner just to listen to the show. So by 8 o'clock, you're really hungry. So we can help you out too, right, Joe? Absolutely. There's the Very Good Food Foundation, headed up by Michelle Ciccarelli Lyrac, putting on great foodie programs throughout the year, including their their big uh, Very Good Night Dinner. It's going to happen in September this year. And last last week, I said it was the 10th. It's about, I think they started in 2010, so it's about the 7th coming up. But getting bigger and better uh, every year. And then, of course, there's Lestat's Coffee Houses, uh, the three of them, the, the original Normal Heights, uh, University Heights, and now in University Avenue, <clears throat> all open 24-7, 365, with a uh, great place uh, to people watch and great food and great coffee. And I know many of these clients uh, or sponsors have been working with you for many, many years with great success, right, Richard? One of them dates back to 1989. <laughs> That's how, gee, we got some accountants in the room. How long is that? Almost 30 years. Wow. <laughs> I think Bush was the first Bush was still president back then, but uh, I don't want to remember. Yeah, <laughs> but I think you're right. So sorry. Anyway, if you he did extend daylight savings time, so no wait, that was yeah. the second Bush. Anyway, to all, well, anyway, we'll get into that later. <laughs> if you get over to iymoney.com, there's a drop-down menu at the top of the page there for sponsors. You can learn about any or all of them right there, and uh, it's just a, a great website. Uh, designed by Courtney. We should give her a plug. Courtney Holst. N- Courtney Holst. Yeah. Newly married. Pop X Graphics there you go. does incredible work on our website. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I help with some of the design. We've got these maroon-like curtains. I don't know if you've seen our website, uh, uh, Jason. Look at that. That's I have. Sharp. Looks good. That Pretty. Is, that is sharp. Yeah. So uh, Maroon we're, curtains. We're going to put that up for uh, <laughs> Press Club Awards this year along with uh, several of these episodes. So there you have it. Anyway, back to Jason Kruger, president and founder of Signature Analytics, one of the, probably the best uh, C- CFO for hire firm. Are there any other firms that just do CFO for hire with that are all CPAs? This is pretty uh, unique, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little. The model is a little bit unique. So uh, as far as the market goes, um, we uh, you know we don't really come across direct competition in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Um, most of in most cases, we're actually educating the market that our mm-hmm. type of model exists. So as opposed to uh, simply a CFO, uh, part-time CFO service, we also have uh, controllers, accounting managers, all the way down to staff. And, and we, we allocate those resources and leverage the skill sets of the individuals based on what's the best fit for the client. So that they're actually paying for the service that they need mm. uh, when they need it. And uh, so that, le- that uh, doing so leverages the cost point. And it makes uh, more sense. It's really, you're basically getting your accounting team um, in a manner that makes the most sense for your business. And, and what, re- what ratio from, of startup to established companies uh, do you operate in? Yeah, I'd say our sweet spot for clientele is really in the $5 million to $50 million range from a revenue perspective. Mm-hmm. We do have clients that are in the startup phases. Uh, we have a number of biotech life science that have no revenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do have some strong backing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that all obviously helps. Yeah, who needs revenue? Um, right, absolutely, right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, in most cases, uh, it's really not necessarily about the revenue. It's about the goals and objectives of the business owner mm-hmm. and uh, where they see their business going. And of yeah, course, it's also about their, um, well, shall we say, intellectual property. That's what I'm going to say. Absolutely. Because we, yeah. we had Erwin Jacobs on his show, and it blew my mind. He said, because we didn't have a business plan. All, all we knew is we had a good idea. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said more than that. He said, he said we had a great idea, so we wanted to get a bunch of collaborative, collaborative-minded people together because well, sure. we knew we would change the world if we were able to do that. Sure. But there's a, there was I a battle. It worked out pretty well. But there was a tech Not battle bad. going on because there were competing, there were competing uh, technologies for operating systems for cell phones. Remember CDMA and TIFM, mm-hmm. and he, he said, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds, but 
Uh, they had to go to Chicago and well, to go back and hear that podcast. Yeah, it's a great folks. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Great podcast. It's interesting the comment you made about competition, and we talked about it earlier. Is you know we have uh, we do have a couple firms that provide similar services, but we try to collaborate with them. We try to build a good relationship with them. Uh, we know that uh, you know our service is fairly newer to the market. And uh, the more that we can all educate the market together, the more successful we'll be. So we have a pretty good relationship with our what we would consider our more direct mm-hmm. competition. Well, yeah, folks be. should know about the website, SignatureAnalytics.com, if you want to learn more about uh, what Jason does and his company does, because uh, they're, they're pretty unique. And they've helped out a lot of, uh, a lot of great clients. Well, you had a lot of guts to go out and do this when you started. I mean, at the time you started, not just because of the economic downturn, but, I mean, because you were sort of, um, I guess you would say, an early adapter of the particular culture that you wound up creating. Um, I know at the time you went out, for example, technology wasn't nearly as facile as it is now in the accounting profession, so you couldn't move as quickly. Right. Um, um, a, a lot of um, consumers of accounting services were used to getting charged by the hour. I'm assuming that your fixed price almost entirely, unless maybe it's something brand new or you can't get your arms around it yet. Um, so what you were doing... Um, was definitely market leading, um, circa 2009 and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, even outsourcing, you know, you initially started with consultants, which is a form of outsourcing that was not viewed as being cool <laughs> until a few years ago. Um, so it, it's very interesting um, because you, you were out there before. Um, um, I think anybody that you might consider a competitor. Yeah, I uh, think the market is—it's uh, becoming more accepted in the market. This type of service, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, even uh, you look at IT, nobody outsourced IT 20 right. years ago, right? Yeah, nobody now, was in the cloud. Knows. Nobody right. was in the cloud. Now, Absolutely if you're not in the right. cloud, well, good luck to you. Right. Yeah, we can create a lot of efficiencies through that. Uh, so we can work. Uh, we work at our client site on site. We work remotely. It's usually a combination of the, mm-hmm. of the two based on what's mo- uh, most effective and uh, what works best for the client. Mm-hmm. Um, but that personal touch is key. Um, and we definitely promote that personal touch and working with them, collaborating with the client. Um, but because of technology, we can streamline that mm-hmm. and create efficiencies. Um, but it, uh, yeah, I agree. The the market is much more uh, aware of these types of services and, and open to that model. Yeah. Um, but yeah. in a lot of ways, we are paving the way. There's I'm, no question. It's I'm very a, fractured at this I'm point. I'm impressed yeah. with the variety of businesses you serve, though. Anything from software, technology, biotech. Well, man- it looks like San Diego County. Is yeah. right, or right. It looks like Southern California. Yeah. I Manufacturing. Say. Or, um, Orange County but looks I mean, very even, similar but to even San food Diego. And be- food and beverage businesses, apparel, construction, mm-hmm. advertising, that's, that's not all of them. But, I mean, to uh, work across all those different disciplines, it's... Uh, you know, you have to mm. you have to know what you're doing. Yeah, we're fortunate, and that's is where uh, you know full time employees also comes into play. Is that uh, we have a number of employees or uh, individuals with experience across various markets and industries. Uh, we specifically uh, selected our CFOs to have uh, specific uh, levels of industry level experience, so they're not all uh, you know all you know every one of them doesn't have construction related experience, but yeah. we have a a good uh, uh, you know spread across. Yeah. Uh, Manufacturing, software, well, etc. Cross section. Right. Um, in the high. T- oh gosh, we have to I take our Green break. Acres. We have to take our, take That's a break. Green Acres. Oh my gosh, we're going to come back with the founder and president of Signature Analytics, Jason Kruger, right after these words. Hang on. <laughs> All right, we're getting smart with Jason Kruger here, president and and founder of Signature Analytics. Uh, we love that Get Smart music, don't we, Richard? 
you don't want your financials to become chaos, <laughs> which was also known as the International Organization of Evil Ingots. And, of course, Jason's too young to remember this show. Exactly. <laughs> you don't know this show, do you? Get Smart, do you know the show? The TV uh, show? No, I don't That's think great so. stuff. Richard, we're yeah. old. <laughs> it's, it's great stuff. We're old. But Missed it by that much. Missed, yeah, well, Chief. Oh, my God. But anyway, so speaking, speaking of companies that are rapidly growing, that's one thing that many of your clients have in common, correct? They are quickly growing definitely yeah and that's where we can provide the most value as well uh, if they're growing quickly um, we are a we're basically a scalable model that helps uh, as far as helps to support the infrastructure of the accounting and finance function of the business so that the business owner and the CEO can really focus on you know driving the business and continuing the growth yeah and people think well hey my business is growing great you know really fast so that everything's going to be Roses, and there's all kinds of challenges growing businesses have. One of the most common ones is they run out of cash. Right. right. I was just going to mention that. Yeah, cash flows. Uh, you'd think that uh, you know you'd run out of cash when business is declining. Right. But Not when it's business, growing. When business is growing, can be the toughest time from a cash flow perspective. The other piece that I mentioned before is companies that are growing. They're taking that next uh, step to the next level. In many cases, they really lack the infrastructure. Um, to support that growth. Mm -hmm. And it's not just in the accounting and finance, but personnel, um, you know, huh? right, personnel, even, you know, HR. Um, oh, every, the way they, uh, the way they might utilize business. social media or not. Right, um, yeah, sales, their sales yeah. side of their business. Fulfillment, um, you know, they can outgrow their fulfillment mm -hmm. uh, and ultimately uh, yeah, impacts the quality they, of the service Sometimes they have too much reliance product. on one vendor or one provider. Right. Um, which can be a real challenge when you're growing quickly because that vendor or provider might not be able to scale with you. How right. did that guy Chobani do it with that yogurt company? You see that guy in 60 Minutes? He was from Turkey. I think within five years he bought a uh, defunct dairy back in, uh, I guess, in upstate New York or someplace. But um, don't know I mean, that story, a, but yeah, my well, wife eats the yogurt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say the same thing. It's <laughs> I don't know the story either, but we yeah. eat the yogurt. <laughs> it's become, um, and I guess that's the other thing about. Uh, I'm not saying Shark Tank's a good idea, but you know, getting in with people who know how to to market your service, to take it to the service or product to the next level, mm -hmm. right? I mean, um, mm -hmm. and well, I think the, the the business owners that are most successful are the ones that are able to uh, you know check their ego, uh, know what they uh, understand, what they do well, and understand where they need support. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, an example of that is our company, right? Uh, we brought in a CEO. Um, and uh, because the goal of our company is to continue to grow, continue to pr provide good quality service, and um, and those are it sounds simple, but it's very very challenging. Mm -hmm. And um, building that infrastructure to take a business to the next level can be challenging. Yeah. yeah, and you had mentioned relationships earlier. Obviously, there's other key relationships where you you tend to work extremely well hand in hand. Um, mm -hmm. You know, lending and banking relationships, for example. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, we work very closely with banks. Uh, Bank, uh, in, in many cases, business owners are looking to uh, to obtain a line of credit, mm -hmm. uh, some financing opportunities, um, even uh, even uh, potential equity investors um, in those cases. So we we really help bring clarity from the business owner's perspective as to how they should go about obtaining the line of credit, how they should communicate with the bank, what they should be providing. It makes the bank's life a lot easier, mm -hmm. and it ultimately gives the bank or the uh, the, the the client, our client, more. Um, uh, credibility with the bank. Um, mm -hmm. They're not just hitting print on QuickBooks right. and giving it to their banker. Um, they're actually providing a package that makes sense, gives them credibility, and is focused on you know the areas that will help them obtain the loan. Yeah, and and, and businesses owners they, they need to spend time with. Their, I asked somebody the uh, last week. I said, "Who who's your banker?" And they listed a bank, not a name. 
Right. I, I said, you've got to go. You've <laughs> got to go meet somebody and actually develop a relationship with a human being. Right. You can't just say Bank of America. Right. Well, now they're Merrill Lynch, but. but and start the, early. Yeah, right? and start early. Exactly. Um, the longer your bank and your banker understand your business mm-hmm. and the trajectory you're on, the more excited they'll get about that, the more comfortable they are when the time comes to get that financing. Yeah. But um, for, for folks interested, if you if you have a business or know somebody who does, who's, who is having some problems, you should get on Signature Analytics, look at their case studies, and if you can identify to, with one of these one or more of these issues, uh, obviously Jason and his company can help you out. Um, there's a lot down at the bottom of the page, you know, unknown employee utilization, client profitability, all that uh, material, mm-hmm. right? Those are yeah, important. Yeah, absolutely. You know, after the first discussion of uh, asking the, the client or business owner what they want to do with their business and how they want to, you know, what their goals are, um, you know, the next step is really understanding what are the metrics that drive their business to get to those goals. Yeah. A lot of times it is the profitability metrics. Do they understand the margins of their business, not just as a whole, mm-hmm. but by product line? Mm-hmm. In a number of cases, they think they know the margin in their head, but when you actually draw, you know, figure it out on paper, yeah. it, it may be different. Cost of goods um, sold always a big item, right? right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, margin, uh, you know, margin uh, drops directly to the bottom line in a lot of cases. So yeah. um, that could that's just extra cash um, if you manage it the right way. Yeah, I like the uh, unknown profit margin. The, I love these headings here. Uh, what's this needed increased line of credit so you can help with that? You know, capital requirements unknown. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you see it cases. all the time, though. You see it all the time. People want to raise money for their right. business, but uh, in some case, they're giving away too much. They right. don't need as much as they're asking for, or you know, they're asking for too little, mm-hmm. and they realize they have to go back to the well six months later, and that's not a good discussion either. And then lack of investor <laughs> reporting. I guess that's related. And then the overpayment of taxes. I guess you can help. And a lot of companies screw up in that. You know what? Yeah, it's interesting. So we are not a uh, tax provider or, or preparer like Richard and his firm would be. But in a number of cases, um, the tax preparer is simply going off of the numbers that are presented by the client. And uh, so we ran across a situation where um, we identified that there was a, there was a misstatements or errors in the information that was presented to the client or to the tax preparer. Uh, the, the tax returns were prepared and uh, they ultimately had overpaid in, you know, $100,000, close to $100,000, I think, in taxes because of, uh, I believe in this case, they were actually double counting revenue um, <laughs> in certain situations. Um, and, See, just uh, like Enron. But right, <laughs> right. Yeah, but they didn't want to be. Right? They were exactly. too much. That was a different they, motivation. They, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, wrong way. So we came in, identified this. They were able to restate their taxes, uh, working with their tax advisor um, to ensure that uh, they were refunded. But it was uh, an interesting discussion with the CEO Mm. Um, you know, basically saying, so wait, you're telling me that, you know, we basically loaned the government a hundred thousand dollars and we're not going to get it back for another <laughs> ni- nine months. Yeah, I know it's, it's not uh, a Richard has a yeah, number of stories. I've got on a few something stories. Like that. Then I yeah. see a, a case study about uh, unsuitable accounting methods. So how do you mm-hmm. convince them to change their uh, methodology? Yeah, I guess in its simplest form, uh, it's not recommended to use the bank account as, uh, as the success <laughs> metrics of your business. Uh-huh. Um, one, that's a historical metric. So you're always, you know, the bank reflects what you have in the bank today. It doesn't reflect what the operations of your business will produce mm-hmm. moving forward. Um, and that also relates to cash accounting versus accrual accounting. Mm-hmm. Uh, cash accounting does not allow you to truly match and understand the margins of your business mm-hmm. um, and therefore your profitability. Um, so it's very difficult for long-term planning uh, if you're on a cash basis versus accrual uh, really supports the long-term planning. 
Um, now, the on top of that, um, you obviously want to understand your cash, the cash flows, and the future cash flows of your business. So, just because you're going to accrual basis uh, accounting doesn't mean that uh, you aren't watching and monitoring and forecasting your cash like a hawk. Mm. Yeah, and there's another interesting related point. Um, a lot of growing companies who actually do have in mind some sort of exit strategy, um, I think they focus too much on income tax. So mm -hmm. they're trying to reduce income taxes. Right. And then you get to the point where you're going to sell to a competitor or you want to go out and see if you can get some letters of intent. And you have to explain right, you have to, to explain. all your bidders about all these things that really aren't expenses that wound up you know, on your P&L because you didn't want to pay any income taxes. And that's not a really comfortable place to be, is it? Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky because uh, the business, private business owner wants to reduce taxable income mm -hmm. uh, to pay less tax. But you're right. There needs to be a strategy if they're looking to exit or mm -hmm. sell the business, um, maximizing profitability, Taking a, there's obviously tax planning strategies that you can take advantage of um, that will, um, you know, in, in other ways that will uh, yeah. a little bit more clearly, ident you know, uh, show the results of your business. Yeah. One of the things actually that we were recently approved for was the uh, California Competes uh, oh, sure. tax credit. Yeah, the credits. And yeah. uh, that's yeah. a huge advantage for us because we are, it's built for growing companies. Uh, we were able to forecast out uh, what we felt uh, our growth uh, was going to be over the next five mm -hmm. years, and we were actually awarded that recently. That's mm -hmm. a, that's a big accomplishment, you know. And a lot of a lot of CPAs too. You talk about um, Arizona income tax returns. They're not familiar with things like California competes or certain mm -hmm. um, other tax attributes that come from businesses being in enterprise zones mm -hmm. or with new hires. Yep. Mm -hmm. All of those credits can be very very valuable to a growing company. Right, and uh, you know we've talked about the traditional CPAs um, and and other firms, but being proactive is is the key to everything. Mm -hmm. um, I'll talk to every C, you know. Many CPAs I talk to say they're proactive. The reality is... But, but, but don't uh, call me between February right, and April. Absolutely. <laughs> right. The reality is they may get too busy and it's difficult to be proactive. Anyway, yeah. we have to wrap it right there. But uh, Jason, Jason, congratulations Kr on all the great stuff. Yeah, as Jason, always. Yeah, Jason thanks, guys. Kruger. Always fun. Folks, get over to SignatureAnalytics.com. Jason Kruger, president and founder of Signature Analytics. Great always to see you and have you here. Richard Musil, great seeing you. Justin Hart, our board operator. Thanks for making it sound terrific. Thanks to Craig Blanke and Dave Sniff at KFMB. And you guys have a great week. All these podcasts are commercial-free on IY Money. Dot com. See you next time.